Welcome back to our podcast. I'm Tristan. And I'm Ed. And today's theme is 1% gains. 1% gains, indeed. 1% gains. That seems to be a sporting term. And as you are the sporty one of us... Yes. Um, then uh, two functioning knees and two functioning else. knees and um, yeah let's talk about where this comes from because I think it's important to understand the background of this and actually I always believe that sport and business there's a lot of a lot of synergy between those two and a lot of overlap and the one percent gains came out of um, an individual called Dave Brailsford who was in, in, instrumental in the uh, in the British cycling team and um, what he spoke about was if you can make one percent gains in a host of areas, the cumulative benefits of doing that are extraordinary and the compound benefits of doing that are fantastic. So the way they looked at it was going, look, what can we improve the aerodynamics of the bike by 1%? Can we improve the aerodynamics of the individual with the helmet by what, you know, increase that by 1%? Can we improve the performance of the diet by 1%, the sleep by 1%, the psychology by 1%, all of those different areas that that go to making a fantastic sportsman. If you do those all by 1%, let's say there were 10 areas, yeah. you create a 10% improvement at the high end of sports. 10% is a massive, massive margin for sport. And so what that then led to was a huge improvement in British cycling, all the gold medals you've seen. Obviously, there are fantastic individuals behind that as well that had to actually put this into place. And that was fantastic. So it sort of came back to a underlying sort of a, a, a mantra, if you will, or a sort of a strap line that comes out of that, which is the power of small adjustments. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've always taken away is that actually small adjustments done regularly, habitually, can have a massive improvement into your outcomes at the end of the day. Um, and one of the really interesting things is, is we, we, in our last podcast, talked about goals a lot. Actually, this is different in terms of actually it works well when you're not really looking at your goals. You're actually just focused on building in the habits. And then the goals will take care of themselves. You know, uh, there's a lovely uh, book by Bill Walsh that talks about the score takes care of itself. It's actually rather than thinking about the end goal, it's actually right. What can I do to improve myself now? That will then take care of itself. Bill Walsh was a fantastic coach of the San Francisco 49ers. So, um, uh, and American football team. I love my American football. So yeah, really, really interesting book. Um, so again, power of small adjustments. Look, you can make massive improvements on that side of things. Um, let's start off with factual stuff and a bit of research side of things as well. So I did, I just tweaked some numbers, looked at some numbers to say, look, you know, how would this affect an individual that we deal with? So let's say we're dealing with somebody who's putting 500 pounds a month into their pension. You know, um, they do that for the, for 20 years, 30 years of their life until they retire. Yeah. Okay. So if you did that for 20 years of your life, we're going to assume 6% net return just as an average figure. You know, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not, we're not playing around with sort of what you can and cannot get. It's easy to do if you just keep to the same figure. So 6% return for 20 years if you did that at the end of 20 years doing 500 pounds a month, you'll have about 120 grand in your pension pot. Yeah. If you every year increase that contribution by 1%, at the end of that 20 years, your pot's worth 380,000 pounds. Wow. So that's roughly 315% difference. So that's a massive, massive difference in terms of what you're doing. It's, it's, and it's just a 1% change, which just, is very easy for people yeah. to do. Yeah, 1% change. 
Every year, 1%. 1%, 1%, 1%. If we then go back and say, okay, well, retirement's over a longer period of time. You're doing this for longer. So let's say you did it for 30 years. So between the ages of, let's say, 30 and 60, yeah. and you did the same thing again. At the end, if you just carried on doing 500 a month between all of that period of time, at the end of that period of time, you'll roughly get about 180 grand. Okay. okay. If you compounded that increase in 1% again, you're going to have 1.1 million. 1.1 million. Yeah. That is the power <laughs> of constantly increasing what you're doing. 1% gain. So you're just increasing contributions by 1% every year. Wow. So what you're finding then is you're saying, okay, well, look, if I can just quickly every year, instead of just saying, I'll just stick to what I'm doing, I'll make it, I'll make it, I'll, I'll increase it. And 1% means nothing. You know, you're talking about five quid. Five quid a month, yeah. And then five pounds and five pence. <laughs> yeah. But, but if, if, you, if you just keep doing that and keep doing that, keep doing that, the accumulative benefits of doing that lead to huge outcomes, you know, enormously beneficial outcomes. So this, this was what the underlying structure was. And actually it's been taken on by a lot of individuals. And, and it's definitely a massive, I mean, I've, a lot of my clients, if they ever... Uh, listening to these podcasts will go, yeah, he's talked to me about this all the time about just making 1% in, in, improvements to what's going on in the background. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Um, thank you. So, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the returns? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so in, in what other areas could this be applied? You- so I think, again, I always talk about when I sit down with clients, I talk about the jigsaw puzzle of, of financial advice, which yeah. is, and financial planning, which is, Investments, pensions, protection, and mortgages. Yeah. So um, if we're talking about the accumulative benefits, pensions, investments work very sa- the, the similar way. So if you're building up a small pot of ISAs or other investments that you're doing, again, if you're putting regularly into it, just increase it by 1% every year. Just keep going up, keep going up, keep going up. If you actually, you know, if you can think about inflation, you probably want to increase it by inflation plus 1%. So again, that will have a dramatic effect on what you're, what's coming on and keep it in, 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 in real terms, i.e. make sure that you keep pace with inflation. Um, so, you know, if, if inflation was 3% that year, increase by 4%. Okay. So add that 1% on top of what the inflation, then you'll have the accumulative benefits plus keeping pace with the inflationary changes in life. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, it might not work for everybody else, but it's one part of a puzzle. Yeah. So those two parts, the pensions and investments, are obviously very important for shorter term savings and longer term savings. The other side of things is the is the money out, and we talked about in our one of our previous podcasts about you know our first podcast, which was about you know direct debits and going into your yeah. into your um look checking out. And I, I was in a networking group actually yesterday, and and actually asked everybody in the room, did they do that? Um, and it was amazing that how many people had. And actually have got rid of lots of things that they just weren't spending money on or weren't using, you know. Um, ironically, we then went on to um, talk about, you know, your, our favorite um, box sets to watch at the moment, which then you suddenly go, well, I've got subscribed subscribe to this and that and that to go and watch it. So, you know, it's, there's a dichotomy to it. But if we think about the outflow of money, the biggest cost that you have when you're doing your financial planning is probably your mortgage and your protection money. Yeah. So. Protection is money that you, you know, is a cost going out, but it, it's a very important cost because it's protecting you against, you know, a massive upheaval in your life, whether that's being unable to work for a period of time because of ill health, 
death, which obviously is very, very dramatic, um, or, or critical illness. So those are really, really important things. Um, but the cost of those are expensive. What we have found over time, and if you look back over the last 30, 40 years, is the life expectancy and the health generally of individuals is getting and improving. Yeah. So every sort of three, four years, you should review what you've taken out and see whether actually you can get a bit of an improvement on what you're paying in, in, in the protection because your life expectancy is probably improved or the, or the market's got cheaper, you know, so always seeing what's out there and re researching what you've got there. So if you can save a little bit on your critical illness, save a little bit on your, um, on your uh, death cover and your income protection, that has a that, that can save you marginal bits of pieces of what you're paying. Yeah. So again, saving more money going out the door that then translates to more money you can put into the investments and pensions or more money that you have yourself to enjoy the other side of things obviously which is one of our the biggest expenses that we all have is your mortgage yes um, tell me about it yes <laughs> and, and, and at the moment very very dramatic you know we've seen a massive change from a bank of england base rate of 0.1 percent to a bank of england base rate of four percent i mean that's a hugely dramatic change and so when i'm talking to clients now and they're talking to me about their mortgages you know more importantly than ever going around and shopping around and looking at what is the cost you know what is the most effective way to do this and what what could the impact be and we've talked again previously about you know long-term fixes versus variable tracker rates you know and and everybody's individually is, is different and as i'd always say it speaks a really good advisor mortgage broker who can help you decide what is right for you because it's not the same for everybody um but, and I've had conversations recently about a young girl taking out a mortgage and I talked about the tracker rate and a two year and a five year. And actually we worked out that yes, the five year is more expensive than the other ones, but having that certainty of budget for her was more important. Yeah. But what you can look at is look, if I'm trying to make sure that I'm getting the best mortgage rate out there, if I can save half a percent over a five year period every year, taking a mortgage out with a, a provider here over a provider there that's a massive saving going out the door on one of my biggest expenses per month mm -hmm. so you know we always sort of say oh well as long as i get a mortgage the rate's irrelevant well actually those marginal gains in that rate can have a dramatic effect well, on what's massive, going out the door especially with a, a bigger mortgage you get that compounds in itself so debt and interest compounds in both directions 100%. it compounds in debt and compounds in growth yeah. um and I, I actually have spoken to clients where they have some kind of weird loyalty to their mortgage company or because it's their bank and they like their bank and they've just been with that bank forever and yeah. they just have some strange loyalty. And I'm, I'm like, well, you could, <laughs> you could at the time, it was about a 2 or 3% difference yeah. if you actually shopped around. Yeah, and I think those, those differences now with the changes in interest rates they will be back up to big, big variability. So actually there are, you know, shopping around, doing your research and finding that value will yeah. be massively important for, for everybody now to say, look, how can I make sure that I'm not overpaying on my mortgage, overpaying my protection um, um, and making sure that you're not overpaying on anything really in your life? You know, those marginal gains are going to be vital. Yeah, yeah. But I can um, I can already hear the calls of people saying, ah, but what about advice? The advice fees that we pay should we uh, should we 
be doing it ourselves, doing it on the cheap. Yeah, and saving money. And, and, and there, there comes the sort of false economy that you can get from trying to save money as well. Yeah. So when we're talking about, you know, habits and savings and trying to shop around, um, we're talking about factual percentages. But there is also what I call this sort of the, the, the non-quantitative savings that you think you are making that actually might not help. And what we tend to find with, you know, some people are very good at self-investing and self-managing and that's absolutely fine. But a lot of the research that's done by, so research done by Vanguard, for example, um, has, has, has shown out that actually on an annual basis, the power of having and paying for advice actually net can have a massive marginal improvement to the outcome. So you're talking up to 3% a year. They think that you can improve by having an advisor that helps you make sure that lots of different areas you're doing things right. So um, behavioral side of things, you know, making sure that actually you're not, you know, selling selling when the markets are down and, and buying when the markets are high, you know, actually saying to you, look, actually keep the investments going when the markets are low yeah. and when things are going wrong. I mean, we go back to 2022. It was a terrible year for the markets, but those that carried on regularly saving through 2023 are going to come out and go, wow, thank goodness I did that because of the pound, because of the um, pound cost averaging, i.e. investing monthly as markets are lower, buying cheaper units leads to a longer, better outcome rather than those that delayed and waited and tried to time the market. I will be certain they will not be in a better position coming out of this. So that behavioral financial assistance you get from an advisor that stops you from making what I'd say a sort of irrational decisions based on behavior and, and, and emotions that, um, you know, are understandable. You're talking about your pension, your investments, your more, you know, big part life, life decisions. So they can have massive value for that side of things. Um, tax planning, you know, the, 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 you know, advisors that can give you really good tax planning advice can save you thousands and thousands of pounds, you know, and that's, and that's, that's, that's vital. Um, and that can have a massive potential upside to what you're doing. So that's actually marginal gains. So the way I'd look at it with a financial advisor is actually what you're looking at is almost having a Dave Brailsford in your corner, yeah. um, who is then doing those marginal gains to what you're doing. So, you know, a good, a good performance coach, financial consultant would go, right, let's rebalance your portfolio to make sure that it's working in the most effective way for you. Let's, you know, look at how you're taking your money out in the most tax efficient way. So when you do retire, let's not, you know, let's make sure that you're drawing out in the most tax efficient way and you're not paying taxes you don't need to because again, the marginal gain effect of take paying taxes you don't need to will impact on the value of your money. So when you put all of those together, actually the marginal gains of a good financial advisor can be very, very powerful to increasing the returns. And that's not a quantitative gain. That's actually a non-quantitative gain. And that's gain. some ways the, the kind of frustrating thing of it because a, a client will just be looking at their figures. They, they don't, there's no way of actually um, saying, well, you've, we've saved you X amount of tax this year. We've done this. And because we swapped those portfolios, we've done, you've done that much better. All those kind of things, which, um, which, don't get put in the uh, in the their wealth accounts when they look at their figures. They just see the figures. Yeah. Right. What was it this time last year, and what is it now? Yes. Um, so it's about educating the clients and letting them know about these kind of gains and what we're doing yes. as an a you know. And I'm, I'm, a lot of them do know that, but not they're the ones who've worked with us, but they're not the ones who haven't yet had a financial advisor. Yeah. A lot of people are obsessed with 
with just uh, what can I get? What's my return? What what would I get in you know if I put a hundred thousand in? How much can you make me? Yeah, and and, <laughs> and understandable. Everybody wants to know what the goal and the outcome is. Yeah. I think when I sit down with clients and, and I know some brilliant advisors out there are very good at this is actually let's not look at the the, the the figure and the goal because coming back to what I said at the beginning, actually the score will take care of itself. The end game will take care of itself if we do these marginal gains here. So I try to bring clients back to going, what can we do to affect that outcome? What can I do for you? What can you do for you? And, and, and what I say is that actually the power of regular advice, i.e., constant reviews, constant monitoring, constant tweaking. You know, if I sit down with a client and say, right, let's increase your contribution by another 3%. You can afford it. Let's do that. That will have a bigger outcome for you. That's going to have a powerful effect on what their outcome is. But we're not really focusing on the end game yet. When we get there, you'll feel the benefit of that. So again, score will take care of itself. The end will take care of itself. So let's focus on what we can affect now, building those habits in, building those changes in. Um, and again, you know, yes, clients will want to know what the outcome will be. And we want to give them an idea of what that final figure will look like if we do these things. So again, look, that's why, you know, I plug those numbers in and say, look, this is what it looks like in 20, 30 years by making these tweaks. Because it will actually quantify for the clients the value of doing those little changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually, if you then multiply that, you know, let's say that 30 years, 1.1 million, if you're doing that for a pension and for an investment, and you're saving a million pounds in your mortgages and saving a million pounds on your protection, that's four million quid, you know. And people sort of go, well, I've never, I'll never have four million pounds. But actually what we're saying is over 30 years, yeah. we're talking about two grand a month. If you focus on making sure that that two grand a month is working in the most effective way for you, that's a four million differential over 30 years. You know, so you're affecting four million pounds of your own personal wealth over a 30 year period. So so actually making sure that you do these things is the most vital thing I can I can ever recommend to an individual. Um, and, you know, if it's my call to arms, I will sing it from the treetops. And I, I, I quote Dave Brailsford to my clients at pretty much every meeting I go for going, this is what we're going to try and do for you. Marginal differences, marginal gains, trying to make sure that we improve things by just 1% here, 1% there. What can we do to get you from here to the greatest outcome possible? Not necessarily quantifiable, not necessarily a figure, a number, but we know that that's going to be an enormous benefit purely based on what we know about cumulative outcomes. Yeah, and uh, and clients can um, can take this on themselves. It's not just uh, us doing the 1% and... But in their own lives, um, I think a lot of people, again, about this whole loyalty thing, a lot of people stay with the same employer. Yep. And they don't push for a pay rise. They don't, you know, people are people who switch employers, not that I'm recommending this, but people yes. who do switch employers <laughs> do tend to get bigger pay rises as they move. We do have and business owners as clients that have lots of employees. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> if yes. you're an employee staff, of one of our clients. My staff have all left because of you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But I think it's important to look at going, you know, look, are you, get, are you, are you getting the best out of yourself? Yeah. You're at work. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you're self-employed or you've got your own business, the whole 1% just carries through on all of that. If you can get your turnover, 1% increase each year. You know, as you know, I love my sports. I love my training. You know, I go to the gym a lot. So, you know, when I do that side of things, again, I'm looking at, you know, my personal trainer, Laura, who's a lovely, lovely girl. 
you know, she, lady, <laughs> she basically sits down and she will look at what can I do to improve Ed's performance and how can I push him a bit more? So give you a great example. The last training session I did, you know, we, we had three sessions set out. And rather than just doing those three sessions, it was like, ah, oh, but what we can do is in between those sessions, you can go and do a little kilometer run. So just add it in a little extra, which I know when I'm doing that will mean that when I get to do whatever I want to do, the performance I want to do, which for me is you know, doing high rocks training, uh, which is a big fitness games, is to go, actually, I know I'm going to be better because I've just made those little extras. I've done a bit more every session between getting there, you know, and, and, and it comes down to everything. Again, you go to the supermarket. And you go, am I going to go and buy, the, buy this, I'm not going to name the brand, of butter that's in the news all the time, or, <laughs> should, or should I get the supermarket own brand? And, you, and uh, the I'm, thing I'm that, one of those nerds that actually looks, looks at the price per 100 grams. Yeah. And, and <laughs> no, so am I. Because and, they yeah. do, you go to the yeah. supermarket and they, they sometimes they have individual cans for 50p, but you can buy a four pack for £2.50. I'm thinking, well, how, what, I'll have how does five, that work? Five of those cans then, <laughs> yeah. please. Thank you very much. Exactly that. So, you know, again, being a hyper aware of those little things that you can do, going to the supermarket, I was really pleased to read that there's a massive increase in um, individuals buying you know, own brand. Yeah. You know, it's all made in the same blooming factory. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, I will admit I have a massive, um, I love salad cream, which I, you know, I've had for many, many years and we've switched from a mainstream, you know, household brand. I won't mention the name obviously to, 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 <laughs> to a supermarket owned brand. And okay. It tastes a little bit different, but it's tells tastes lovely. The only thing I said is that the bottle, it doesn't come out very easily. It doesn't come out the same way and it's really annoying. Uh, <laughs> but when we looked at the price differentials, I was like, I can suck up that pain. That's not that big a difference. It's not that mess of an issue. And again, in my head, I'm going 1% margin, 1% difference. It's, it's tiny little things that you can do. And if you just think about all we're talking about in this, in this, in this podcast, if you can just change all of those different things, the cumulative outcome in 20 years time yeah. huge huge difference powerful stuff right well and that's it for today's episode thanks for listening to a wealth of positivity to catch all our new episodes simply follow the podcast on whatever podcast listening app you use you could also binge listen to all our previous podcasts too if you've got something you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, drop me a line at tristan.johnson at sjpp.co.uk and we'll see if we can add it to our future episodes. It helps us find new listeners if you give our podcast a like and a review. Bye for now, and we'll be back in two weeks' time. See you in two weeks.